disappointing my customers, right? Because um, if we if we get it wrong with our store customers, the ramifications of that are are big, right? And that getting it wrong for them can be, you know, I mean, it, it stems from inventory. Do we have the right inventory? Did the inventory come in correct? I mean, we're offshoring, right? So we don't get we don't get to inspect the line and see how things are coming off. I mean, we receive it, we pay for it, we you know put it out there, and yes, there's quality control. But, um, but there's, it's like, wow, okay, you know, if the size on this or, you know, the labeling on that, you know, and you do a whole run of mistakes and you don't catch it until it's in a store. I mean, that ruins relationships. And uh, yeah, so disappointing my, my store customers is probably the biggest deal. And that's, that, that is, um, uh, that's, that's what I worry about most. This is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com. We're always here to help. Now, today we've got a, another great episode, and it's one of the fun ones. All of them are fun, um, but it's a where, where Are They At Now episode where we kind of catch up about six months or so later from the last episode. And so if you didn't hear the last episode, definitely make sure to go and catch up on that one first. Um, but it, we're having uh, Teresa uh, Zimmerman back on. And this is a quick reminder. So Teresa was uh, with uh, Wood Underwear, which is always kind of a, a fun business and, uh, and kind of a catchy name. Um, and so now we're going to catch up a little bit uh, where she's at today and talk a little bit everything from supply chain issues to launching a book to launching a different business. And it's uh, re- recently launched uh, having one of the best years ever with the uh, some of the current businesses with Wood Underwear and have a great conversation. So with that much as a uh, introduction, welcome back onto the podcast, Teresa. Thank you. Thank you. No, I love that you're doing this. Thank you for inviting me back. Absolutely. So now before we dive into what's been over the past six months, just for those that may not have heard the original episode, or if it's been a little while since they heard the last episode, kind of remind people where you were at about six months ago. Yeah, well, so um, physically, I was, I think I was sitting in the little mountain town of Whitefish, Montana, my husband and I were doing a work away from uh, from home uh, for the month. And um, so it was beautiful. It was I call it mud season, you know, it was uh, not not winter anymore, but not quite spring. So it was just a gorgeous time to be up there. And it was quiet. Um, and um, we were getting ready to um, really plan for uh, the receiving of our spring line for wood underwear, and um, go through spring and summer sales, which, um, you know, uh, retail has you know, I guess COVID changes everything, but retail was really starting to wake up right about then, right about April, May-ish timeframe, especially mm-hmm. men's retail, which is where we primarily focus. And um, and so we ended up um, having a, a, a really great spring. Um, you know, the supply chain issues were starting back then. Um, people haven't really started hearing about them until now, probably October is when the, you know, mass consumers started hearing about the supply chain issues, but we were feeling it then prices were already rising and all of that. So it was a, it was a fun, um, spring to manage and to try to foresee the future, but I, we didn't foresee, and I know we're going to talk about this later, but we definitely didn't foresee the, you know, 130 ships off of the uh, port of LA and Long Beach, um, happening right now. So 
No, and, and getting into that just a little bit, because I think it's one where, and, you know, as, as uh, you're probably aware, I've worked with a ton of startups and small businesses. Some of them, if you're on different, indus- different industries, certainly get, have been hit differently. Some of them have been reasonably unscathed and hasn't had much impact. Other ones I'm talking about saying, we have had our best year ever on sales, but we can't deliver. I mean, we've got purchase orders that are sitting out there and none of our fault. We have the th- products, we would absolutely ship them. And yet they're waiting for months on end for to fulfill orders and they're having the best sales year ever and the worst fulfillment year ever. So how's that kind of gone for you guys? Have you seen it? It's been one where you've able to manage through it or you're mostly us based or foreign based or kind of give us a little bit of insight there. No. So we, we're definitely, uh, we're definitely outsourced. We're offshore with our manufacturing for sure. Um, because we just don't have the manufacturing capability here to do what we need to do for the most part, not on a mass scale, um, and so most of the underwear business and, and most of the apparel business, really, if you looked at it percentage wise is, is offshore, it's not in the United States, a lot more of the raw product is going from here to other places and then coming back, which is fabulous. Um, and there are some head, there's some headway being made for manufacturing in the United States, but little guys like me are not going to be the, you know, the front runners on that. We have, we have to take advantage and draft off the big guys who make that stuff happen here. And I can't wait for that to happen so we can do made in the USA products. Um, but um, so we are managing through, we have to, I mean, you manage through, you die. Right. Um, and, um, but the, the challenge, the challenge, um, the challenge is cost, right. And it's inflation. And I hear, you know, I, you know, I, I stopped watching news maybe like 18 months ago because it just pisses me off. Um, but uh, I'm right there with you. I, I, I haven't given up on written or, you know, reading it online, but listening to it, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. so I, I have to allow myself, you know, a few minutes a day, but I have to, you know, there's screen time. I got to turn it off. But um, but I just hear these guys, all these politicians out there, and it really doesn't matter what party they're coming from. They're all oh, inflation's no big deal. There's no inflation. It's spot inflation. Well, that's just a bunch of malarkey. Garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, try to keep it clean. Sorry. Um, <laughs> because you know we are we are still paying higher customs duties from a couple of years ago when they went up, right? Mm. And then this year we're paying. Um, in the spring, I was paying two and a half times, maybe almost three times my shipping logistic rates to come into the United States um, for the first time. And then this fall, my, uh, my rates went up um, from normal to four times, and they actually even changed mid-shipment. I had a, I had a container on the water and I got a call. It was supposed to land on the 4th of October. On the 2nd of October, Saturday, I get the note saying, hey, your price just increased, right? So mm-hmm. by like 18% on the water, that's crazy. right? That's like, that's like, you know, I was talking with my um, guys at the warehouse and, and uh, Kevin, he's, he's like, that's like you're on an airplane going, you know, and New York to LA. Hey, now that we have you on the airplane and you can't do a thing about it, we're yeah. going to double your air flight or exactly. double your price. You owe us $100 right now or you got to get out, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? You pay it, right? You pay it. Oh, and one uh, question kind of just because I find it interesting and, and maybe just a, a bit of an aside. So you're because you you're facing- speak out on this stuff. I'm telling oh, you. I, I could go off for a long time and we'd probably find it very interesting. Everybody'd be like, okay, I'm tuned it out. I'm but, going. you know, so you take that um, and, you, you know, you're dealing with that. And do you, 
you know, I think that it puts businesses in the, the uncomfortable situation of do I have to do I raise all my rates on all my products, which then you're worried that are your customers going to leave or stop buying because now you went from, hey, a product that was what they probably thought was reasonably priced to one that, you know, be not out of your control, but now is significantly higher priced. Or do you try and eat into your profit margins or you're trying to defer that cost or kind of as a business, how do you deal yeah. with mid shipment, the price going up? And then how do you then adjust your prices accordingly? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard and, and you've got to make some hard decisions about it for sure. Um, so I work in the world of specialty stores, boutiques. Um, these are usually owner operated, whether they're multiple doors or, or just a single door. So I love Main Street. I think I went off on that last time. But um, I love working with my customers who own their businesses, who know their customers, they're, you know, part of their communities. And so, um, so my, my business is more relationship driven, as opposed to some of the corporations that, you know, can come at it a different way, and maybe just a little bit more um, black and white numbers. For me, it's for me, it's relationship. And what what I did um, in the spring when my rates were going up and I was still paying the higher customs rate that we were expecting to go down um, and it hasn't yet. um, I made a promise to my customers um, and my prospects that um, for for this year, I would keep my rate my rates as they were. So I'm eating that cost. Um, and, uh, that was before, you know, this recent spat of, you know, rate hikes on my shipping. So it's hurting me a little bit more than I expected it to, but, um, but it's a commitment that I made to my, you know, my, my base and, um, uh, but you know, in January it's, that's going to have to change. So, um, and, and I think the stores too are doing what they can to, you know, we limit our margins, they're limiting their margins so that the consumer can still get what they want and they can still have a robust business, even if they're eating a little bit more of, of the price. Um, now, again, that's on the, that's on the, that's on the more relationship side of the business. But uh, but I can tell you at the shows that I was at in the trade shows I was at in uh, July, August, um, people were, you know, having their meetings and almost to a brand, every single one of them was telling their customers, you know, that product you pre-ordered that's supposed to arrive next month. Well, that product is now 20 percent more or whatever that percentage is. And the buyers were just having to say, okay, so it's uh, it's hard. Yeah. And I think that that one, that one's always tough. And I think it's hidden, even if you're in a business where you're not directly affected and, you know, as an example, the, the intellectual property law firm I run doesn't necessarily have physical products, you know, very, we have a few like gift boxes and other things, but other than, you know, as far as our main core uh, products, um, we don't have any physical products. So we don't have that, but even we're seeing all, you know, service providers or people that we use and in our back end and other things there, those prices are going up and you got kind of hit in that same spot of, Hey, are we going to significantly reasonably, you know, raise our rates? And when we have two months to go for the end of the year, because people typically have been conditioned that rates don't go up until the beginning of next year. And so how do you adjust that midstream? So I think, you know, it's interesting to see that impact across the board, whether it hits you directly or hits you indirectly, because everybody's dealing with that. And I don't think it's going away. uh, It's not going away quickly. No, Um, it's not. But but stores don't have a choice. They've got to take it if they want product in their store to sell for holiday, right? Yep. So, you know, you can hold people over a barrel um, or in my case, you know, I have, I have the, the, I mean, it's just part of, part of, part of the culture of my business. I'm going to work with my customers. Um, right. 
know, I'm not going to blackmail them like the shipping line did me, eight, you know, 18% price increase or else, right? What, they're going to dump my product in the water or ship it back? I don't, I don't know what, what, what they would do, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's a little crazy. So, I mean, I take the approach of, you know, my whole, you know, supply chain, we're all in it together. The guys I service, the people servicing me, you know, there's only so much I can do about what I'm buying, but I can certainly affect, you know, what I'm selling and how I'm selling it. No, and I think that that's definitely some good points. So now we'll go on to maybe a lighter side of things just because that one is one where everybody's just like, oh, I just want inflation to go away and want supply. Just go back to normal, <laughs> please. Away. But it's not going away. Way. But now you've also, in the midst of that, you've done a couple additional things that are, you know, different aspects or different businesses. You've launched uh, just recently, I think oh the last gosh. month or so, launched another business, Say Hi, and you've also done a book. So maybe uh, tell us a little bit yeah, about so, how those are going for you. So this is crazy. I mean, if we picked a six, a different six month period, I probably wouldn't have anything to say to you that's different. But this six months has been just crazy cool and fun. Um, and in fact, um, say hi, you mentioned say hi. So say hi, um, uh, say hi. Actually, the conversation started six months ago when I was in that mountain town in, in, uh, in Whitefish and my, my business partner, Amy, she, um, it's her brainchild. And she approached me then and we started talking about it. As soon as I got back to Raleigh from, uh, from Montana, we got together, we did our handshake deal. We started building this product and, and launched it October 4th. So um, it's uh, it's basically an employee engagement app. Um, it uh, it delivers a question every day to your employee base. It's, it's for enterprise, so larger companies. And the reason for that is because all of the answers are anonymized. Uh, if that's a word, I think that's a word. Um, we'll go with it. Whether or not it's a word, we're going to say it is. You know what I mean? They're 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 the the answer. A lot of a lot of employees don't answer um, surveys, internal surveys honestly or frankly because they're not sure where the answers are going and who's going to read them and who has access and whether they they're trying to give you a right answer or the answer you want to you know you want to hear um and uh, and then those surveys also don't necessarily uh, do anything right you get the results and maybe somebody tells you what the results are but then it's done um, and say hi, basically, it's just one a day, you log in, you answer your question, it goes away, you don't think about it. And the end of every month, you get, you basically get your, your insights report with an action item. And the insights report shows you the whole organization, and then it drills down into you for your specific challenge question that and it's really supposed to be a question that starts conversations with your uh, with your team, with your manager, you get a picture mm. where everybody else is sitting on things like trust, right? You know, maybe a question is, you know, do you, do you trust, do you, if you went away on holiday for five days, do you trust that your team would, you know, pick up whatever they needed to pick up or do what they needed to do? Where's your level of trust in that? Do you feel safe? Um, how, how taken care of, I mean, there's all kinds of questions about employee health and wellness and brand values and those sorts of things. And so you get this report that gives you that snapshot of, of where the organization sits in that. And, um, and then the, um, and then the action question is something you're supposed to think about and go talk to your manager about, or talk to your team about if you're the manager. Um, so, uh, so it, there's an immediate action to it with, with the context of where you sit in the organization and it's all pulled all of the data is pulled outside the organization. It never lives within the organization. Um, so people can be, you know, more honest about it. And, uh, and it's just a very, it's a, it's a very low impact um, way to, you know, engage with people every day. 
No, and I, and I think that's smart. So I, I think to, to your point, you know, the one of the bigger, first of all, it's always hard to get feedback or feedback from people. If you sit down with them, you know, it's a, it can be a bit intimidating. And are you really going to tell your boss what you're frustrated about? Because they can turn around and say, well, if you're not happy, go somewhere else type of a thing. And on the other hand, you also, you know, as an employer, you're saying, hey, we want to keep our employees happy and engaged. But how do we do that? And how do we make it productive? So that's not just Hey, every time we pull them in the office, they're just saying, well, I'd love to get a raise if you want to give me more money. And it's like, well, yes, everybody wants more money, but what can we do to otherwise improve the business? So I think making that one step removed or anonymizing it, so to speak, allows for a, a more open dialogue. So that one open or that one launched about a month ago, if I remember October when we talked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How's how's it gone since the, since you launched it? Yeah. So we're uh, we are we're, we're chipping away. You know, we're selling, sell, sell, sell. So uh, you know, hopefully, um, hopefully, I can give you an update at some point in the future and tell you that we've already made our million dollars. You know, so. We'll, uh, All right. Well, I, I look forward to it. And uh, that'll be, that'll have to be another fun follow-up when, uh, when you hit the million dollar mark, you'll have to reach back out and let me know. <laughs> All right. Good. Well, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's that you mentioned the money thing, right. And that people think of those conversations as, as that, what do you need? What can I give you? And that's very transactional. And I think that people aren't trading on the transactional right now, because right now you can't say, well, if you don't like it, go get another job because people are, I mean, it's the great resignation. Right? Yep. And people haven't been working together physically for 20 months um, or 18 months. And a lot of those people have never met their colleagues because they just joined the workforce or changed jobs during that period of time. And so there's no stickiness for companies. And if you're a manager, you haven't nece- you don't necessarily know what to talk about with this employee that you may not have met or may have may not have seen for 18 months. Um, right. And right. as an employee, what are you going to talk to your manager? About? I mean, you know, it's like, how do you take the transaction out of it and start building that brand stickiness and that relationship stickiness to the actual business to help your employees have better health, have them feel better about what they're doing, have them feel cared about what they're doing has purpose. And unless you have that relationship based thing, um, you don't, you don't get that, especially as a remote worker. So, um, so this is, you know, the intention of this is to really help companies care for their employees in a, I guess not, not necessarily a structured way, but we're giving them conversations to have that the whole organization can do at once. And so there's a purpose to them. And I no, think- and I think that, uh, that, that definitely uh, makes sense. And I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm shocked that it's already not a million dollar business in a month, but uh, I definitely think it has that uh, great opportunity and uh, excited to hear where it goes. And amidst I- it, Amidst launching that business as well, you've also written a book, and I can't remember if the yes. book is out yet or it's getting close to going out. out. So help us understand it's where out. that's as well. It's out. It's out. Yes. Uh, oh lords, oh lords, and this is a total departure from what we've just been talking about. Oh lords is basically life lessons told through dating stories. So it's uh, it's a yeah, you have to sort of switch off that brain and go to a, a different brain to to change uh, discussions here. But um, my co-author, Jess Aberhart, and I, um, in uh, November of 2019, we were, we were at a networking event, and she, she came in, and she's talking about, she just got off a plane last night, and this guy was hitting on her, and she was, she was sort of hunkering down in her seat, you know, headphones, hoodie up, and he was having none of it. He was going to talk to her. So it worked for him, because she ended up giving, her his, giving him her phone number, and uh, so she was coming in talking about that, and we just, the whole group, we started talking about dating stories. 
And uh, by the end of the night, we kind of did a pinky promise that we were going to actually sit down and write this book. And, um, you know, silver, silver linings out of uh, a COVID year, you know, that shutdown for two or three months gave us the time to do it. Because hmm. uh, working in retail that was shut down, I mean, that's what I, that's what I did. So, um, so we, we, uh, we actually sat down and wrote it. And uh, we probably, the writing process, probably four months. And then, you know, we had to pick a time to, we had to figure out what to do with it. And then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, just uh, started shipping October 1st. And All it's right. For just, sale. As a shameless self-plug for you, where do people find the book if they're interested? Everywhere. Target.com, barnesandnoble.com, your local bookstore. One thing that I learned, me loving Main Street, is that there is a website called IndieBound, I-N-D-I-E, bound.org, that will take you to all of your independent bookstores to buy books online from a store on Main Street. So go there. That's that's my favorite. I mean, of course, we're on Amazon and everywhere else, too, but... Support your local bookstores. All right. Definitely, definitely think that's a great, uh, great to support the, the local mom and pop shops and the small bookstores. And if not, they can still probably get it on the bigger ones as well. They so absolutely can. Yeah. So yeah. last thing before we, and we always have the last question, but before we dive to that, now going to the, you know, mainstay maybe of the business of the one that you were on the, the show before, which is, you know, we touched a little bit on the supply chain issue, yeah. um, but with wood underwear, while you're yeah. doing supply chain issues, I think when we talked about a bit before, you've also had one of your best years or sales and navigating that, Absolutely. figuring that out. So on the sales side, how has that gotten for you? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's going really well. I mean, um, I think that um, the I think the consumer has come back strong. Um, the consumers co- and the and the retail stores have come back. I think healthier. Um, you know, we lost a lot of stores. Um, a lot of them had to shut down. They didn't have a choice. Um, but it is um, some of it. You know, some of it was phasing out just an age thing and, and retiring and not a great time to sell a business. Some of it was some of it was that they had to sell. They were not healthy. Um, so I think at the end of the day, what we're going to end up with on on at the store level is healthier stores and, you know, a healthier mix of things. And um, but, yeah, people are shopping. Um the stores had to pivot and start serving people in way different ways. And none of those ways are going to go away. I mean, there's going to be FaceTime shopping. There's going to be curbside delivery. There's going to be door-to-door delivery same day. And none of that stuff's going to stop, which I think is fabulous for, um, for retail. And that's, you know, we're definitely seeing that. So our no, online no. sales as a percentage, of course, from last year have gone down because last year it was basically only online sales. But um, but our our uh, our new store business is is crazy good. We've we've uh, opened up a couple new channels, including women's lingerie stores. We only sell men's men's underwear, undershirts, and loungewear, but we're selling into women's underwear stores and lingerie stores, and um, and they're just some of these women are just fabulous. I mean, they're dynamos, and they they're they're going gangbusters. So having yeah. having really. Is it is women's lingerie line or is it men's underwear in women's or lingerie stores? Men's underwear in women's lingerie stores, right? It's that maybe that guilty purchase, right? You go in and spend a thousand dollars on bras, and oh yeah, let me pick up my uh, my guy a little, uh, you know. All right, I better get them something so they don't feel. Like, although half the time when you're buying lingerie, you're probably 
doing it as much for the other individual as you are yourself. So that's a, that's a whole different conversation for yes. another day. Yeah. No, but no that's fun. So that's, I think that's, that's cool though. But you also are looking and saying, okay, you know, other retail stores, they, you know, some of them are shutting down. We're going to have to pivot. We'll go in and we'll, you know, go into the, I don't know, non-traditional, but a different route. You'll also, yeah. you know, look to pick that up and pivot. Cause I think that that's yeah. what, you know, separates it short or some of the stores, some of them is beyond their control, but some of them, you know, the ones that are really thriving are the ones that are saying, okay, you know what, this is beyond our control. We can't control what we can't control, but for those things we are, we're going to have to adjust and pivot in order to continue to, to, to that, thrive. So I think that's cool. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And it's the people that have relationships with their customers who are doing really, really well because they're, they're, the service mindset for somebody you know is slightly different than the service mindset of maybe a stranger coming in. So, um, so there's some really amazing service um, uh, things happening at, at retail, at Main Street Retail. Um, and, and, as, and we, we've changed too. I mean, we're doing a whole lot more drop, drop ship for our customers. We never did drop ship as a rule before 2020. Um, it's just, it, was just, it was just way too hard to manage. And then last year we were forced to. And this year it's just a service that we've added on. And it, it helps the retailer because they don't have to carry a lot of stock. Hmm. Um, it's in our warehouse anyway. So, you know, we're able to drop ship and, and that's a flexibility that, that we're, that we'll continue with as well. So stores are continuing with their different ways of serving their customers. And we're also trying to figure out better ways to service them so that, you know, we're all in this together. So it's, uh, it's been working really well, even just having the flexibility of having that, even if they don't use it is, is, uh, is an advantage. Well, I think that that's great. And again, I think that uh, allowing that flexibility of, hey, as you guys are pivoting and adjusting, we're also doing our part with our side of relationship to make it a to something that's sustainable and works for their arrangement and then leveraging those relationships. So yeah. well, we're reaching towards the end of the podcast and there, I'm sure we could have go on a much longer conversation and be enjoyable to us, but uh, just to, for the sake of time, so people can uh, have a reasonable bite-sized uh, episode. Yeah. Um, as we get to the end of the episode, I always shift on the where, on the update episodes or the where you at now episodes to ask a, a bit of a different question, which is fun, which is, you know, a lot of times, especially as you're getting farther into your business, you learn a lot of things that you didn't know on the front end. Probably if you knew them on the front end, you would have never got going because you would have learned all the things that would have scared you off in the first place. But we, we, it's so that naivety is probably what gets everybody going. But as you learn more, you also can kind of tend to get a think, become aware of things that you should be worried about or be scared of or be afraid of. And yet you have to deal with those as you're continuing to build the business. So with that question, I always ask is as a, as an entrepreneur, as a startup, as a small business, what's your biggest fear and how do you deal with it? Yeah, so if it has to be just one, it is uh, biggest. There can be multiple, but we'll go with the biggest. Yeah, well, so disappointing my customers, right? Because um, if we if we get it wrong with our store customers, the ramifications of that are are big, right? And that getting it wrong for them can be, you know. I mean, it, it stems from inventory. Do we have the right inventory? Did the inventory come in correct? I mean, we're offshoring, right? So we don't get we don't get to inspect the line and see how things are coming off. I mean, we receive it, we pay for it, we you know put it out there. And yes, there's quality control, but um, but there's it's like wow, okay, you know, if the size on this or you know the labeling on that, you know, and you do a whole run of mistakes and you don't catch it until it's in a store. I mean, that ruins relationships and. Uh, yeah, so disappointing my my store customers is probably the biggest deal, and that's that that is um, 
uh, that's that's what I worry about most. Now the the things that the things that can kill my business are things like you know a tanker not getting or a, a, a container ship not getting to port like ever or dropping anchor somewhere and I have to figure out where my stuff is or it doesn't show up missing a season and that's happened to me actually um, not not that you know a, a container ship sank but um, but that but that I had to completely um, forego a season of new goods because it didn't come in right. And um, that's frightening. It ruins your whole year. I'm sure. And it's one where it's, you know, there's enough lead time you have to do. It's not just like you can, you know, tomorrow, oh, we're going to change. We'll reorder. We'll do it. Yeah. It's one. Yeah. And then on the other hand, kind of what you, the thing you've talked about is it's also the relationships that on short term, you might be able to, you know, figure out a way to put out an inferior product, convince people to pay it and they have to eat it. And you know, on the long hand, they're going to say, well, we didn't really like that product. We're not going to come back to them. So I, know, and that's, I think yeah. that that's it, it definitely can put you out of business. It can put you out of business one way or the other, either way, either way you go. I mean, it can put you out of business. Yeah, and, it, and it's hard because on, sometimes if you're in a business saying we're out of money we have we have to make this sell we have to make this work then you're looking at the short term and yet sometimes you make the short-term decisions and the long it harms you in the long run and sometimes if you don't have the short term the long run doesn't matter so it's always that balance and trying right. to figure it out but i think maintaining those relationships is, is a great takeaway of, of, of doing that as well yeah. well if yeah. people want to reach out to they want to use a say hi app or they want to use a say say hi software they want to get yes. your book yeah. they want to buy your uh wood underwear or any of the other things that you you have going on what's the best way to yeah. reach out to you contact okay. you find out more so olords.com is for the book and anything you need to know we we just were given a gold award from literary titans and we came out as the hottest number one bestseller on amazon in the first 24 hours out so we're uh, happy about that anyway olords.com on that front um, if you're an enterprise um, 200 plus people in order for us to be anonymize the data 200 plus people um, say hi.io. So it's S A Y H I I.io. Um, and, or just reach out to me, Teresa at woodunderwear.com. Our website, woodunderwear.com also has a store finder, um, and all of that. So, uh, would, uh, would love to hear anybody that wants to hear any more about any of those three things. All right. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out to you, contact you, support you and uh, find out more. So, well, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun, it's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell, you have, or have your own expertise to share, or you want to catch up if you've already been on the podcast and you're all the above, we'd love to have you on. Uh, feel free to just go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show. A couple more things, make sure to listen, make sure to subscribe, make sure to share so everybody can find out about our awesome episodes. And last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else with your business, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. Well, thank you again, Teresa, for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you, Devin.